are Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off of your next order. So, we have a lot to cover today, and we're going to start with a Flames recap, Uh, some Sam Bennett talk, and we're going to finish the show out with a special guest that I'm looking forward to finally having back on the show. But first, make sure you head on over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe and follow Locked on Flames so you never miss an episode, five episodes a week. I've got you covered. We have five pretty important games coming up, you know, four against uh, Winnipeg and one against the Oilers. We are finally getting the Battle of Alberta and it's time for the Flames to kick it off. Uh, Speaking of kicking it off, they shook off all that dust and rust that they had on them over these last few games with a shutout against the Montreal Canadiens. And I wasn't able to watch the game, unfortunately, but I was refreshing the Game Center app uh, every few minutes. The Flames came out the way that I had hoped for and the way that I had talked about. Because you're not going to win games with this laid back, not really into it, and only showing up for two minutes of the game attitude that they have had going on for quite some time. So I'm very happy to see them win. Jacob Markstrom recorded yet another shutout, and today, well, Sunday, is his bir- was his birthday, so happy birthday, Jacob Markstrom. And the Flames got out in front with a power play goal from Johnny Gaudreau. That is what we love to see, and we have talked about the Johnny Gaudreau revenge tour, and we're going to talk a little bit about Johnny Gaudreau in the next segment as well. Michael Backlund was also responsible for the game-winning goal, which was, of course, you know, wonderful. You love to have a little uh, insurance goals, or like they call them in baseball, insurance runs, because, you know, of course, you want to win. You don't want to blow a 2-0 lead. You just, you simply don't. But I think that it is interesting to note that somebody on Twitter put together a table of most even strength ice time without an even strength goal against. Noah Hannafin is clocking in at number one with 123 minutes and 32 seconds. Christopher Tanev with 117.35. And Boston's man with three names, Trent Frederick, with 91.51. And that's a big jump from, you know, 117 to 91. So that's pretty impressive, of course, you know, always rooting for the Flames. But when people aren't going to be praising Noah Hannafin, if you will, or, you know, giving him credit where credit is due and only harping on him in the bad moments, kind of like players do with goalies 
or really anybody they want to pick a fight with, really, then it's it's not worthwhile. And of course, you know, people aren't necessarily going to rattle off that stat in a, in a conversation. You know, I when I think about having a conversation with, you know, day to day with hockey fans, I'm not necessarily thinking about, oh, I need to bust out the Corsi, I need to bust out, you know, this and that. Like, no, I'm going to talk about their gameplay and what I what I see with the with my naked eye. It's not really a naked eye because I wear glasses, but you know what I mean. Sorry, this is me trying to be funny and relatable. But it is important to, you know, kind of look at those stats that are a little more in depth and a little more specific because that is incredible. That is two hours. <laughs> that is two games without an even strength goal against while Noah Hannafin is on the ice. So, you know, it's just, you love to see it, you know? (laughs) But something else I wanted to note was the Flames penalty kill. They were six for six last night. Montreal is an incredible team, and to be able to hold them off while they have a man advantage is incredibly impressive. I was blown away. And I am not going to sit here and, you know, act like, oh, yeah, that's no big deal. Because it, it is a big deal. It's very impressive. And you love to see it. Um, something else we need to talk about is Dylan Dubé's shot to the head against one of the Canadian players. I forget who it was. And I'm so sorry. I forgot to write their name down. But you know, he didn't face any supplemental discipline, which I just, I don't know if that, I don't think that's the right decision and the right call because, you know, it was completely avoidable and these kind of situations need to be made an example of and just, they don't belong in the league. Just, I don't understand the league's double standard with things and you know, Dubé, uh, that was his first game back from a lower body injury, so you think he would, you know, be risking it out there with him doing the absolute most and unnecessary on the ice like that, but, you know, we'll see what happens against Winnipeg, and I'm sure that Winnipeg will not tolerate any sort of nonsense like that, and I'm sure that a player will step up and retaliate because that kind of behavior is unacceptable. But, Coming up next, we are going to be talking about the latest trade rumors involving Johnny Gaudreau and Sam Bennett. But first, a word from our friends at BetOnline.ag. The Super Bowl is coming up next week. We are six days away. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady face off. This is, you know, super exciting because you have the greatest of all time kind of going up against his predecessor, the next, you know, dynasty holder i would say so place your bets who is it gonna be old man brady or young gun mahomes uh head on over to betonline.ag and make your free account and use promo code locked on for that 50 percent welcome bonus use promo code locked on for your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit locked on flames continues don't forget to follow me over on twitter at just belmosto on Saturday, 
Elliot Friedman reported that Sam Bennett is looking for a change of scenery and he has requested a trade. Yes, Sam Bennett has requested a trade. And, you know, this is a little uh, sad, I guess. I mean, it's just frustrating because Sam Bennett has the potential to be a great player. And I feel like his time in Calgary has definitely weakened that and hasn't been able to shine through in the playoffs he is fantastic you know we talk about playoff Sam Bennett we talk about regular season Sam Bennett and I feel like Sam Bennett needs like he said a change of scenery he needs something to really just not be in Calgary anymore and I don't know what Jeff Ward is going to be looking for and I think it's going to be hard to trade him because not only is he an inconsistent player but he is somebody who is going to be an RFA at the end of the season and with COVID protocols and all of this quarantining thing going on it's more than likely he's going to have to be dealt to a Canadian team which I mean I, I don't think that's a big deal. I'm sure an international trade could get done if one needed to get done, but with a shortened season, you want a guy who can make an immediate impact on the ice as fast as possible. So best of luck to Sam Bennett, and I just really hope that the Flames don't overpay for you know, their return or anything like that. I'm sure it's not going to be, you know, a super high draft pick or number one prospect or anything like that by any means, but you never know. (laughs) Uh, These general managers are paid to do the job. Peter Shirelli had a job in the NHL and his name is still floating around after destroying and making a mockery out of Boston and Edmonton. So, you know, anything's possible there, like I said. But something else we need to talk about is Johnny Gaudreau, okay? Somebody posted today, I'm not even going to give them credit because I, like, no. this. I think that this is absolute baloney. Uh, apparently, Johnny Gaudreau is not interested in re-signing here in Calgary because um, he's going to be on the move. Allegedly, he wants to head back home. And it's the same story every year, you guys. Like, even before I started covering Calgary, I knew, I literally knew that Gaudreau was going to be on the trade rumors. There was going to be conversations of him going back east and he would remove you know, any significance of Calgary from his social media bio to kind of play with people. And apparently, Eric Francis has, you know, confirmed this and people are laughing at it. Now, I don't know the significance of that because, I one, I didn't really look into it. And two, um, you know, I, I trust you guys. <laughs> I've seen enough people kind of be like, okay, yeah, and like there's no truth to this. So, you know, I just... I don't really see him leaving or, you know, pulling a Sam Bennett and being like, I need to be traded. And that's okay. You know, 
And if there comes a time where Johnny Gaudreau leaves Calgary, we can all hold hands, wear our masks, and sing some songs. And we'll grieve together. But like I've mentioned before, I think this is the typical song and dance. Apparently, this was a slow news day for this writer. There's a million other things going on right now. But, you know, slow news day. And I really do hope that everything kind of works out for Gaudreau and he wants to stay here. But coming up next, we have uh, Nick Lanciani joining us. And I am so excited to have him on and share his insight regarding the Tony D'Angelo situation. But first, a word from our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the world's best tasting protein bar. It is the just fantastic covered in chocolate, uh, really sweet, but still healthy for you. It's it's like a candy bar. I love it. Uh, they come in 18 great flavors, 12 original, 6 new. I have seen a lot of people get creative with the way that they use them, but head on over to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on for 20% off of your next order. That is promo code locked on for 20% off your next order. Locked on Flames continues. I'm Jess Belmosto, and you can find me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Okay, so um, we're back, and I have been teasing this guest for uh, quite literally a week now, and that's my fault because I am the queen of rescheduling and plans falling through, but the amazing creator, founder of uh, down the frozen river is here nick how are you doing doing pretty well doing pretty well it's a fantastic start to the week so far yes um and if you ever see me referring to an encyclopedia or hear me referring to an encyclopedia on this podcast i am talking about our good friend nick joining us so that's me that's you that throwback just... to the amanda show or something yeah so a lot has unfolded today. We are recording on Sunday at 7.45 p.m. Eastern time, right? Which is 5.45, yeah, because yeah, mountain time in Calgary, right? Yes. Yeah, I know my geography. You're <laughs> second in the geography be in my middle school. Oh. Not I, to brag. The more you know. Sports paid off for me because the smartest kid in school got a question wrong that had to do with the Green Bay Packers. Ooh. I got that one right all I'm saying. So that's, again, everybody just ask Nick or if you can't find it on Google, he'll tell you. Renaissance man. Anyway. <laughs> um, Tony D'Angelo was placed on waivers today. Yeah, he seems with, like a good guy. Yeah. Not being a good guy. Yeah. And I, I don't really know how to start this off by saying anything other than it's about time <laughs> yeah i mean like, that's really all that you can say without going to the sort of tirade that you would expect to come from him in the room sort yeah. of things that that we're starting to hear more about and uh yeah no it, it's it's about time and if it were anyone else they wouldn't necessarily get three or four or five different chances that he's had now right at redeeming himself in any sense of the word and he hasn't 
each and every single time. He just digs himself a deeper hole. So if you're not aware, Tony D'Angelo has a past. And I what I'm I'm stating this off of facts and stories that have come out. I do not care for his political association. I, you know, you do you. In his OHL days, he was suspended twice for um, I believe it was misconduct because he was using slurs. Uh, racial slurs. Against opponents, but against some of his own teammates. Isn't that just the kind of guy you want in your locker room? Yeah, you know, if, if you want to talk about good character guys and, you know, the formulating winning synergy in a, pre- in a dressing room, using the proper terms here because hockey players and hockey culture get mad if you say locker room, uh, you know, that's a good character guy. Generally, when I think of one, it's someone that's not using racial epithets and slurs and all kinds of other language that has no place in society, let alone especially using it against your own teammates. Seriously. And then I didn't realize that he was a first-round draft pick who got picked higher than David Pasternak. I remember when the Lightning took him and people were saying, like, this guy is a lightning rod, pun kind of intended there, in that... There's the controversy that's followed him. And there's that great clip that's still on YouTube somewhere of his father. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah, you know, like I, he learned all that from me. I still use these slurs. And it's like, that's not good, dude. That's not helping your case here. Right. Like that's not something you should be bragging about. Uh, You know, something you should brag about. Like, oh yeah, he learned that from me is like a slap shot or something. Maybe not something that is destructive. Yeah. That's the other word I was looking for. But so Blue Shirt Banter has been all over this and kind of reporting just everything that's gone down. And <laughs> so apparently, we, so we have to take a few steps back. Apparently last night, Saturday night after the game, uh, there was a conversation had between uh, D'Angelo and the goalie, who I cannot pronounce his last name. Alexander Georgiev. That's, see, that's what I thought, but I was not going to butcher it. That one's at least mostly straightforward, unlike yeah. uh, Shesterkin. I've heard some people mess that one up. Yeah, I can see that. And allegedly, supposedly, Chris Kreider um, had enough. And, Rumor uh, has it, he may have. He may have popped tony one in the mouth or somewhere in the face um and to that please send me your email address so i can send you a starbucks gift card a panera gift card something only because of a report that came out later that is being reported by multiple sources that tony d'angelo stole keandre keandre miller's um puck from his rookie, like his first ever NHL first goal. NHL goal, kind of a big deal, you know, and Tony D'Angelo. And this goes back to their Hartford Wolfpack days in the 2017-18 oh. season, I believe, that they've not been on good terms. And to no surprise, it's you know, not, again, not bringing up politics here, purely bringing up the fact that Tony D'Angelo is a noted racist. Right. Uh, Mostly that's the motivation behind it. You know, if, if you didn't like Mitchell Miller being drafted by the Arizona Coyotes in the offseason, of course, they rescinded his rights. 
because they, oops, found out after literally every team had found out because he wrote apology letters, not for the incidents themselves, but for being a noted someone that you shouldn't draft. Uh, you know, we, we have that background. We have that knowledge. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how it's taken this long for the Rangers to finally say, yeah, enough's enough. Do you think it has something to do with his um, wonderful podcast host? I don't, I don't think it's so much to do with the podcast at all. The Rangers have always, to me, been behind on that sort of media stuff. Okay. Uh, the New York Islanders were one of the first teams in the league to really get behind fan blogs and stuff of that nature, SB Nation stuff, mm-hmm. allowing them to go into the press box and be part of the atmosphere and promote the team and help grow the game that way. Because, you know, internet culture is sometimes entirely different from the the traditional hockey fan. So that's a cool avenue to go through. I don't think the Rangers have really utilized it as effectively until more recent years that they're starting to open some things up. Uh, So I don't think it's entirely to do with the podcast. I do think it's just the repeated history at this mm-hmm. point and the fact that they've tried to trade him but none of the other teams are biting i think yeah. that should have been your sign if there was a last sign at all that should have been the last stand that you need to take it's when you can't trade him that you then say we need to do something here i just i don't understand how he saw more ice time after supposedly taking and stealing his puck like that makes me sick yeah i mean it it might make you question like, hey, what's David Quinn's philosophy in the room? Now, I, I don't think Quinn is a bad coach. I think right. certainly this is a an exceptional situation. Not that it's exceptional in the extreme. No, some of these things have gone on in the league before, unfortunately, right. and it should be rid of from the entire game at all levels. But I, I feel like this is a, an instance of a still relatively young NHL coach. Mm-hmm not fully knowing, you know, how do I handle this? Because this guy is kind of off the deep end and the rest of the room does not like him. Right. So this is one of those situations where you especially go to your general manager and say, I can't have this guy here. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm clueless as how to, how to fix this. Like, you know, people, it's reported that, the Rangers have a sports psycho- a psychologist hired as well. So, you know, like I'm sure David Quinn could be like, hey, like you got to talk to somebody about your anger issues. Like, like you're clear, like something's just not clicking. And I'm just going to state for the record, being a racist or a bigot is not a mental health issue. Like let's, let's cut it. Just stop. I've already seen that said. Just stop enough. There's no excuses here for right his like behavior, his actions. But he had like he's clearly like an angry dude. You gotta process yeah. that. You can't just like yeah. hold on to that. In so, a lot of ways, it's fitting because he plays for the Rangers. Well, soon to be played if he gets bought out or anything. But Sean Avery is the first person that comes to mind. Anytime I hear about oh, Tony D'Angelo's up to no good again, I think of Sean Avery. And there's a bit of a difference. Sean Avery kind of noted for other issues, but not nearly to the extent of Tony D'Angelo. No. And, and I still don't like Sean Avery. I wouldn't want to come across him on the streets in New York City because I just don't know how I 
I would react because yeah. part of me would be like, Hey, it's Sean Avery. Cool. Let's, you know, have a talk about, you know, what, what's life been like since playing and, you know, you've been an, an extra in some movies and things, <laughs> but I do know that he's also been one to kind of verbally abuse people on the street, which yes, especially bicycle riders. Tony D'Angelo has challenged fans to a fight on Twitter. Oh my know, God. Like, that's meet right. Me up. Like that's, that's why I always think of Sean Avery when I hear Tony D'Angelo because they both were New York Rangers and they're both got some loose ends in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. One, you can kind of understand where he's coming from in an old hockey culture, you know, fighting of course. mentality. And the other one that there's no excuse for, just I have to repeat it again, no excuse for racism in any situation. Right. You can be rehabilitated if you actually make the change necessary and you go through that sort of thing. But until that happens, there is no excuse for it. Right. And, you know, you look at players like Jordan Bennington, who had those uh, really awful Islamophobic tweets come forward and, well, they didn't come forward. People found them. And um, maybe don't have Twitter from, you know, before your playing days. Right. And like, maybe just don't be a piece of shit, too. Maybe. But like, you know, I don't think he ever apologized for that. But he also uh, has not really had any, you know. He hasn't had it, to use the lack of a better term, any flare ups since yeah. then. It's just been that people found, oh, he tweeted some things when he was, you know, a college kid or whatever, yeah. which a lot of times people say, oh, well, they were just in college and they didn't know any better. Well, no, when, when you're in college, you're legally an adult. Right. So oh, he in was theory, just you should know better. No. <laughs> but he also kind of just gave the non-answer sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So how much has a guy like Jordan Bington learned since then? We don't know. Right. And, and that's part of the issue is that a lot of hockey media will just say, oh, we, we can't really ask all the tough questions and do you our can. job as journalists because we might lose access, even though none of the access has been lost. Especially, classic example, you look at the New York Rangers and Larry Brooks, love him or hate him, he yep. comes up a lot with uh, just players over the years clashing with him or John Torella over the years clashing with him or not. And he still has access because right. he is a stalwart in some ways. And he has a job to do. He might not ask the greatest questions sometimes. He might not ask the most kind questions sometimes. But that is his angle and that is what he does. That's literally it's totally understandable if you have a player that's mad and wants to be like, get him out of here. That's something to handle with your PR team and such. Mm -hmm. But he has a right to be there and they have not taken his access away because he hasn't abused that right. It's just he comes in with whatever question as annoying as it may sound or not he wants to bring that angle to it which is fine and that's a very good point to bring to it and like to bring up and you know i think a lot of people now especially where they're not going into the locker sorry dressing rooms uh you know you could say locker room it's fine locker room whatever um only the canadians will be mad at us which that's fine we're on flames podcast so we just beat them, so it's fine. But they just also kicked our butts. Um, what was I going to say? Like, we're on Zoom now with media access and things like that. And I- I'm sure, what are they going to do? Mute you? Uh, like, and, 
And that would be a big story in of, of itself. And it, you know, right. You'd have to imagine then, if that happens, then all the rest of the media folk would be like, hey, no, this team did something wrong here. And then we can cry censorship, Tony D'Angelo. Anyways, but it's just, it's very frustrating. And I'm sure we're going to learn more about it as, you know, these next few days go on. And I'm kind of hope, hoping that we, we hear from the players. And I'd love to hear Jacob Truba's uh, insight on all this because noted not Tony D'Angelo fan teammate but it's fine it's fine um do you have anything else to add regards Tony D'Angelo uh not not really it's it's the type of situation that you know again you have to ask why did it take this long Mm -hmm. for anything to really be addressed like the New York Rangers need to be held accountable in giving an answer at this point they don't have to say hey you know, we hate this guy, he's out of here, but they just have to step up and say like, hey, no, racism will not be tolerated. Homophobia will not be tolerated. Right. This will not be tolerated. And our players had issues with this guy because of this incident, that incident. They don't necessarily have to name the right. players. Media will figure that out anyway. Again, Larry Brooks has a job for a reason. Right, we are detectives. But they have to do their part on their end of saying, we're disassociating from this guy completely now. Yeah. As opposed to, well, you know, we wish him all the best and he's going to go off to the KHL now and maybe come back in three years because someone on NBC said, well, you know, I, you know, that unfortunate incident, thankfully, some of those people are no longer working for NBC. But that's the, the larger scope of the yeah. problem with hockey culture in general is that it can't be, oh, well, they got over it just because it went away for a few years. No, you need to address these things because... After their playing career, they become regular citizens, whether they are running for office or just living privately in their mansion, wherever they interact with everyday regular people. And if you truly want them to be putting their best foot forward in life and contributing in some way, shape or form, whether it's to the league, to the game, whatever they choose to do, you need to hold people accountable and make them learn. Very well said, and I am looking forward to them kind of, well, the Rangers kind of setting a precedent, maybe, and saying, hey, like, we're, we're done tolerating this. Um, setting a precedent only a few years late, but setting right, a precedent like, nonetheless right, for the like next it, time that this happens someplace else. Yeah, it's um, it's a little embarrassing that it's happening now instead of, you know, when he was drafted, but I mean, got to do what you got to do, I suppose. Um, you know, really thinking of everybody that's been impacted by his God awful behavior and presence. Um, I saw a tweet that said Olive garden flags are at half mast. So I'm just going to, you know, pour one out for the, for the breadsticks. Shout out Olive garden breadsticks. I, I do on the other offhand that I remember from Twitter, someone was complaining about like, oh, well, you know, when the Rangers acquired D'Angelo and a 2017 first round pick that became Elias Anderson and they traded Derek Stepan and on Toronto mm-hmm. to the Arizona Coyotes in that trade, right? And they were like, oh, well, you know, we got two players with bad character problems, you know, bad mentalities, whatever whatever their excuse was, which you know boils down to the fact that maybe Elias Anderson didn't just have a problem with playing time. Like maybe... 
as he was trying to come up in the room, being a couple of years younger, mm-hmm. and subjected to whatever was going on, you know, this is all tied in with why he asked for a trade. Now, of course, I know his dad works for Los Angeles Kings, and now he's with the Kings organization, and I hope things are going well for him. It's kind of like Pierre-Luc Dubois leaving Columbus with a noted head coach that love him or hate him, right? Yeah. And now he's going to pick Jets, where his dad works for the Manitoba Moose. Yeah. I hope things go well for him. That's This is the reality of things. It's not, oh, Elias Anderson threw his silver medal into the mm-hmm. crowd. That's a big deal. Yeah, no, respect, sure, I get it. Probably not best intentions, but I don't have a problem with that sort of passion. I do have a problem with racism and misogyny <laughs> and homophobia. You know, those, the concrete things that will eat away at someone's char- character or integrity or what have you. Yeah. A medal is just a medal. Again, nothing is real. <laughs> Everything is made up and the points don't matter. Yep, exactly. Welcome back to Whose Lines in Anyway. <laughs> Nick, thank you so much for joining me. Um, Thanks for having me. Of course, always go ahead and plug all of your social media and where we can find some of your work. Yeah. So on Down the Frozen River and on Couch Guy Sports, and I'm at Lancy, that's L A N C I 53, the number 53 on Twitter, if anyone feels like they are inclined in following. By all means, you don't have to, but that's totally fine. It's thinking about what it would be like to be famous and be out somewhere. It's someday and have someone scream at me and i would not know what to do like could you be because i'd be like no no i'm I'm fine doing autographs and selfies but also i'm kind of weirded out by this like don't scream oh my god that's twitter user lancy 53 like please come on no i'd be like let's all just be cool here like i try to be you know just a guy on twitter you can be a person in public that's fine Exactly. We can share a moment, a thread of connection, but don't overdo it. (laughs) Exactly. Well, thank you again, and I'm sure I'll have you back on soon. Maybe as the trade deadline approaches, is that technically this month now that it's February? That's going to be in April. April. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I have it written down somewhere on like three different calendars, but it's in April. April. Okay. uh, And I will totally be down for as many appearances between now and then. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Be sure to check out Down the Frozen Rivers podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and follow Lancy over on Twitter. You can also subscribe and follow Locked on Flames while you're in the app store and make sure you throw me a follow at jess belmosto on twitter as well and make sure well (laughs) i'm just giving you guys a lot of orders today and i'm very sorry but i'm going to have to ask you to also head on over to the locked on nhl show which is a weekly drop we talk about that show a lot here and listen to sarah's episode along with of course you know, my segment where I talk about the Calgary Flames and everything that's been going on with their weird little slump that they hit, this little bump in the road, their goaltending Sam Bennett situation. And let me know what y'all think. And I will chat with y'all on Tuesday. Bye-bye.